Hey, this is Matty Kay with The Working Experience. I sat down with my friend Joe, who I went to college with, and Joe works for a media corporation here in New York City, and we talked about some of the issues in his office. Um, not about what he does for a living, because we're not overly interested in that for any of our guests. It's just, you know, what are, what are some issues that that arise in your typical corporate environment. He's got some good stories, so I hope you enjoy. The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on the... Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. Y'all need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? Man, HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. You stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my biscuits? Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was wow. living his toenails at his desk. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I can't take it Hey, this is Maddie Kay with the Working Experience Podcast, where we discuss the trials and tribulations of the everyday working world. From the refrigerator in the break room to that guy with the weird stink, we want to talk about it. So we've been having conversations with friends that we have who, um, who work, and everybody works to some capacity, and, and weird, outrageous stuff happens, and we have some, uh, you know, stories that... Um, I tried making these up and then I realized I didn't have to because friends were telling me these and I really couldn't make up stuff like this. Uh, so today for my guests, uh, I have Joe Guarino. Hey Matt, thanks for having me. So um, Joe and I went to college together. Uh, he lives down here in New York, works for a big corporation. We'll yeah. leave the names out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's fine. So you, you did have, he has a good story for us, but just to preface it, you had a story where you guys were all in a meeting and one guy said something fairly profane to the other one? Yeah, I, I worked for a telecommunications company and we would have typically uh, once a week uh, executive level management meetings where we just kind of, you know, go through the, the, the debrief of what we have going on for that week, those kind of things. Yeah. And um, I think the topic of conversation was about compensation, which is always a a very passionate subject about money and quotas and things like that. Now this means a, so I always put this in the background, I don't, I've never worked at a corporation, so I have to translate sometimes sure. to myself. So compensation, I take it to mean this salesperson wanted more money. Yeah, it's talking about the opportunities that they have and their quotas, right, how much they're supposed to sell, and then the commissions they, they should be getting if they make those sales. Right. So obviously salespeople like low quotas, easier to attain, make more money. Right. The higher the quota, things get a little things get a little uh, tense because they're not gonna make any money this year. So these guys started going at it. Yeah, and it was a sales manager who was trying to look out for his team, thinking quotas were too high and not fair. And the sales director who was trying to convey the, the needs of the business and what we, uh, what we need to do. And at one point, they just were kind of going back and forth. And this is, again, probably about 12 people in the meeting. Right. Sales managers, human resources is there. The uh, sales center vice president is there. It's at a long conference room table. Yeah. And at some point, they just keep going back, back and forth. No one else is really participating. It just becomes a one-on-one -on -one at this point. And the sales director, who's getting frustrated, the sales manager is just not understanding 
what needs to happen. Says, you know what, Jeff? You know what? Blow me. And storms out of the room. And we're all sitting there saying, like, did Bill just tell Jeff to blow him in front of everybody? Yeah. And it, so these are big, like type A personality, yes. aggressive yes. sales. Yeah, right. And and the, neither one was backing down. The sales right. manager wanting a lower quota. Right. The sales director trying to tell him he needs to have a higher quota and explain why. Yeah. Both these guys are alpha males. Did yeah. not want to. Did not want to agree. Yeah. And it just out of the blue was the sales director <laughs> saying, "You know what, Jeff? Blow me!" and storming out. The the funny part though is after that happened. It becomes like that awkward silence of what do we do? Do we just do we just go on with the meeting, or yeah. how are we going to address this, or just pretend it didn't happen? And later that day, when we we saw the sales director and we kind of brought up like, wow, I didn't think that could happen. He didn't remember it and said that didn't happen. I never said that. He, he just denied it. Just denied it. Just <laughs> flat out denied it. Well, I guess that's the only course you can take. Yeah, no, it was like, it's not a, it's not a lie if you believe it. And I've heard lawyers. It. Lawyers just deny, deny, deny. That was, that was one of those ones where like, okay, I guess we're just moving on. <laughs> next, meet, next meeting should be interesting. I so guess. there was no real fallout. No, that. I guess you have carte blanche to say whatever you want if you yeah. just deny it later. Well, I get the impression, and again, you know, this is like, uh, we just had our friend Gary talking to us and, and John who also worked for Morgan Stanley Merrill Lynch like corporate cultures are a lot rougher than I ever really had the impression of like it, it is very locker room alpha yeah. male yeah that's I think that was the biggest surprise for me when I first started there you know you first day in the office you come into a suit you're walking in a suit and you're like alright it's going to be a very rigid structured environment and then as you sort of grow in the company you realize it is a fraternity it's it's an extension of college almost, especially if the age of a good amount of the employees are all in their you know early to mid twenties. Right, right. It, it just takes on a life of its own. Where it's it, not it, like you walk through the door and become more genteel. No, all of a sudden. No, yeah. it, it basically it's, it's swimming with the sharks a little bit. Well, and also you know, Joe lives in New York. New York is obviously kind of an aggressive alpha. Probably well, the. I guess the alpha aggressive male city. Maybe not male, I shouldn't say, but you get my point. Yes. Like here it's like rough and tumble. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. More, maybe gotta, more so than And, and you gotta keep up, you gotta have a thick skin, you yeah. gotta be able to kinda roll with the punches yeah. and you know, if you're part of the boys' club, you're in. If you're not, you're out. Well, that brings us to the main story, which oh, um, I know apparently what, I know the, what you want. The uh, employee this particular employee could not roll with the punch. Uh, and well it's not the story's not about him, it's about Yes, and, and what's funny is the guy who was told uh, to blow me, not the deliverer of the blow me message, but the sales manager who was told to blow him, yeah. is the same focal point of this story. Like, oh, it's the same guy. The same guy, right? So See, I've, guy, heard, I've heard both of these stories. I did, This is a new one. I did not realize it was the same guy. Yeah, the same guy who was giving the, the sales director yeah. a hard time about quotas yeah. and was told to go blow me yeah. is the same guy who caused this... Yeah. This story I'm about to say. He, right. he was just, he was an older guy. I mean, older from me. I was probably in my early 20s. He was probably in his, you know, late 30s, early 40s, right. same age I am now. Right. Um, and he was just kind of a wise ass. He was like the, the alpha male of the group, a sharp dresser, but, uh, you know, trigger temper, a little bit of a drinker. Not a bad guy, yeah. but just kind of a troublemaker. One of those guys. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, again, he would bust chops in the office all the time. You know, it's a, it was a uh, a sales environment. 
So you had cubicles, you had people moving around, water cooler talk, things like that. And um, there was a, a guy in the office, uh, a black kid, uh, wearing a pink pink shirt. And he was, you know, he was a club kid. He, 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 he was a doorman at one of the New York City clubs. He was kind of a fancy kid. Yeah. So, you know, he dressed well. He wasn't yeah. like, you know, just yeah. some punk guy. Right. He kind of played the part. So he was wearing... That way he also worked. He, yeah, like for weekends, he would, okay. he would uh, do the door at one of the clubs or whatever. Okay. Or nights. Yeah. Um, so he must have been wearing a very nice pink... The Brooks Brothers shirt, yeah. whatever, and um, Jeff just, you know, walking over to him and says, like, I don't think guys like you wore shirts like that. You know, just... <laughs> yeah, fairly innocuous. Fairly yeah. harmless. Yeah. That is nothing on the scale of what right. Jeff would typically do. Right. And, you know, the day goes on. Right. You find out later that this kid, uh, Rich, went to Human Resources, who was run by a woman named Susan. And Susan was the nicest, sweetest, most angelic, beautiful, blonde, shapely woman. Yeah. She was just the, the the mother of the office, but at the same time, super hot. Yeah. And I think she might have been a virgin. So just unattainable in every level. And I think you use the phrase holy roller. Holy roller. Yeah, the moral compass of this moral compass yeah. of the office right. goes to church every Sunday. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um so he files a complaint. And, and, and <laughs> filing a complaint is you walk into Susan's office, you knock on the door, you tell the story, she fills out a document, and you move on. So um, Susan calls Jeff into the office to tell him about this latest complaint uh, made against him. And now when you say latest, had other complaints? Uh, Jeff was a troublemaker. Yes, okay. he, he had a big mouth. He yeah. wasn't the most... I loved him, but he wasn't the most popular guy in the office. He made right. some enemies. Right. So, so this is not the first time. This is not the first time that Jeff's been called into <laughs> Susan's office. Um, it's like the principal's office. Yeah. It's like school. It's, hey, you know, yeah. it's another day. Yeah. So um, he... he he goes in there and um, she basically tells him, "Hey Jeff, listen, you made a uh, kind of a racial, a racial comment right. in the office, and and it, you know it, it it's been brought to my attention and it has to go into your file." And you know Jeff's like, what? "You know, I didn't really, I didn't call anybody the N word." Like he would, he's going through his head, yeah. What what possibly could this be? Right. And and she was like, "Well, yeah, someone made a, a reference that you made a comment about them." And he's like, "Well, who?" And she's like, "Well, I really can't tell you that. It, it's confidential." And you know, just I have to make you aware that it's going into your file, right? And right. he's like, what does that mean? This is all bullshit. And yeah. she's like, I'm just telling you, this is just how it works. It's going to be in your file. I need to make you aware now, of it. Now, is Jeff playing dumb or does he really not? I, you know, it became like, what's the file, right? It's, it's, is it the Penske file? Like, what's this, what's this, what's this <laughs> specific <laughs> file and what yeah. does it do for me? But this was not his first time in. No, but, it, but again, it becomes like you get a demerit. And yeah. you go about your day. Right. Like, right. I don't think it goes to headquarters. Right. It's not something that you're going to get fired over. Right. So is it there. just you fill out a document and you put it in a drawer somewhere? Yeah. Okay. Right. So I think he was asking, like, what? And then I think, honestly, he wanted to know more more so than just the file. Yeah. He wanted to know, well, who said it? Maybe I did screw up. Okay. And I'm not a bad guy. I want yeah. to apologize to this yeah. person. And she wouldn't tell him. There's a confidentiality aspect, apparently. Sure. So, um she was telling him, I'm sorry, I can't tell you, but, it, you know, I'm just making you aware and, you know, please be more careful next time. So he's, so I, I think, and to know Jeff is to appreciate the story. I think he was kind of frustrated that he's not getting his way. What's the problem with the file and why can't I talk to this person? And this thing is all bullshit. And he says, all right, listen, since I'm here, and this is the genius of him because he had to have done it 
on the spot, real time, yeah. to just get over on everybody else. Right. He said, while I'm here, I, I'd like to file a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and again, Susan was caught off guard, obviously. I that's, believe that's called fighting fire with fire. Right. Yeah. And Susan was caught off guard. It's not yeah. what she was expecting, obviously. <laughs> and uh, he says, listen, I, um, the other day I was uh, going to the men's room and I was at the urinal. Relieve, you know, relieving myself. And I'm sure, he, and, and again, he did this in a very professional, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. He, yeah, relieving myself in the men's room. Yeah. And uh, another person is at the urinal next to me, and um, you know he, he looks over and he, he basically offers to uh, give me a blowjob. <laughs> and, and again, the the beauty is a the story and b who he's delivering it to. Right? Right, right. Just this woman hearing the word blowjob, <laughs> like she may pass out. Sensor into a yeah, she may pass out. She cannot handle. <laughs> even hearing that word, right? She, she may not even know what it was, to be honest with you. And, and um, I wonder if it was hand job. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't Why know. Right? Over the pants hand stuff. Okay, what it was. Yes. Uh, let, right, me, over let, me, the pants. let me draw this for you. No, under the pants, over the underwear. Right. Okay? Here's how the male anatomy <laughs> So she's absolutely flabbergasted, right? Just just completely dumbfounded. Like, who was it? He was like, it was... um. And, and again, it took his time, right? It was like, this is really embarrassing. I can't believe this happened. But it was, um, it, was, it was Mike. And now Mike is the sales center vice president, right? The head of the entire department. And, and now Jeff is a six foot three, six foot four, tall, good looking dude, used to play basketball, uh, Long Island guy. Um, Mike is a five foot three uh, older gentleman. He looked just like. Niles Crane from Frazier. <laughs> Remember Frazier's younger brother? Oh, yeah. He, a cross between that and Dick Vermeil. So it's not like he's going to force... No, no. Mike, Mike is this small... I'm bigger than Mike. And I'm, I'm not a big dude. Mike is this small little wiener of a guy. Jeff is this tall, lanky dude. So, again, that just adds to it. So he says it's Mike, and, and her... Her reaction is, what? That, that's impossible. What, what are you talking about? He's like, Susan, I'm telling you, I was flabbergasted. I, I, I was shocked. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I ran out in disgust. And, you know, I, I was traumatized. I, I, I went home. I was traumatized. And I almost didn't want to tell you. I just wanted to let it go. But if we're here and we're having this conversation, I'm going to bring it up. And she's like, well, I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I have to talk to him about this. And, and he's like, no, no. This is this is confidential. I, you know, you can't bring this up. This is an embarrassing yeah. thing that yeah. you can't tell him. I told you and everything else. Yeah. And she absolutely did not know what to do with it. Right now, <laughs> needless to say, he made this all up. It never happened. <laughs> but in order to turn the tables, yeah, and come up with the most obscene, ridiculous thing to a put the vice president in a bad light and b make hr just completely handcuffed in what yeah. they could or couldn't do by their own rules right yeah. threw right back at him said listen i just needed to unburden myself do with it what you will and walked out yeah and that's that's the story <laughs> And you know, meanwhile, actual work is supposed to be going on. Yeah, you know, you know, this is just a little. A little well, no, that's always our thread with these. It's like none of these, none of the stuff that we've ever discussed has anything to do with anyone's actual job performance. No, or rarely the discharge of their duties. Rarely, and there's a lot of downtime in office work. See, this is what I like. 
John Brancaccio has said that. I've heard that from numerous people. Like, there's just a lot of downtime. A lot of downtime. A lot of the funny stories happen over lunch or, yeah. or you know, after work drinks or, you know, you, you're bored and something happens at the water cooler. It, it, it's weird how in a nine-to-five day, you probably don't spend a good chunk of it actually working. Well, and, Gary, you know, just told that story about, like, the after work drinks and the guy grabbing the woman's chest. Yeah. And it's just, like, brought everything to a screeching halt. Yeah. And, yeah, I assume, like, after work drinks can be, like, deadly. Yeah, it, it rarely does it happen in the office during normal work hours. But, right. you know, holiday parties are a big, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a big reason for people to act like jackasses. Yeah. Right? You know, you get a couple of pretty girls in the office and there are a couple of, uh, you know, successful salespeople or sales managers or directors and those women women want to cozy up to those guys and yeah. those guys might be married and, yeah. you know, have a, have a younger girl showing them some attention. <laughs> so, it, again, the after work drinks, the holiday parties, those were the usual recipe for things to get inappropriate. And the other aspect that, that I personally enjoyed, and this is my, uh, my own uh, personal contribution here, was we had summer interns. And summer interns don't really know any better. As yeah. opposed to employees who really should know the rules of the road. Right. Summer interns are easily corruptible. They're younger. Yeah. They're trying to make a good impression. Um, you know, you know, they, they don't exactly know how things work. So you can portray yourself to be kind of important when you're really sort of useless. And that was sort of my specialty, the summer, the, <laughs> the summer, the summer interns. I had, I had some fun with the summer interns. Did you have a good summer intern? We had a few. We had a few. Um, so, again, the idea would be, you know, you, you, you get them out drinking after, after work. Yeah. Um, uh, then the challenge would always be, like, if you get them out drinking and you were one-on-one and you had a group, you would need to kind of peel one off. And then it became, what am I going to do with this person, right? Like, right. And, it, again, this was my specialty. I'm not sure everybody else did this. But where I lived, being in the, in, in the office, I would always come up with an excuse to go back to the office Forgot my laptop. Need to pick up a file. Just come up to the office with me real quick. Yeah. And then you would kind of fool around in the office. Oh, what the? Oh, we're talking about a female. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, I thought this was like. No, I'm sorry. Pledge. No, no, well, no. This is well. The, the fraternity part is there, but now we're bringing in like a sorority aspect. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah so. Okay. Uh, yeah. So she thinks she's like swung in with a big corporate yeah um, and you're like hey let's come up to the office for a second I just gotta grab my laptop real quick come up with me oh I grabbed something else by mistake whoops and the the awkward part was always uh, because I did this a few times would be to the security guy would know right you would (laughs) would walk past the security guy and be like you know hey Freddy just gotta go up with uh Alexis here. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll probably I have, to, be, I have to go get my laptop. I'll probably be back. He's like, you have your laptop. Shut up, Freddie. Yeah. I'm just, I just got to go back up to the office. I have to go get my laptop and some files. Right. And I, I was, I was some one of files. <laughs> I was one of the few people. I had a couch in my cubicle. Oh my! I put a, a couch in there. Yeah. Like when we were moving offices, they had a bunch of furniture. I just threw a couch in there. Now, would you ever be afraid one of these liaisons could come back to bite you? Yeah, I didn't think of it at the time, um, and you had to be. You had to be careful that you didn't overstep bounds and everybody was cool with it. And right. It was just one of those things. Because, yeah. right, I must have dodged a couple of bullets where it didn't come back to bite me. Yeah. But if you fooled around on a Friday and that Monday in the office was always kind of an interesting, like, hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah. How, how are you? You. You. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, it's interesting you say about how, like, the 9 to 5 and then the actual work you do, there's not, like, there's a lot of downtime. Like, yeah, just, it's just like the office. I mean, you know, the line in the office, like, how do you... Yeah, how do you spend your day? What do you say you do here? Yeah. It's really, you know, like, I come in about 15 minutes late, and I kind of veg out for <laughs> 30, oh, wow. 30 minutes. What was it? That was oh, not the office. Was, uh, office space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's there is a lot of that. There yeah. is a lot of that. Well, I asked John yesterday, I was like, you know, I'd like to just ask people, like, you know, especially working at Morgan Stanley or Merrill Lynch, like, what do you do? Like, 8.45, you know, you show up. You have your coffee, you have a little bagel, you chat. Nine o'clock, bell rings, like, now what? Yeah, and for, first of all, I was a notoriously late arrival. Arriver. Well, I will have to say, even from John, and he'll hear this and what, I could never get exactly a straight answer. Like, this is what I do. Yeah. It, like, all of a sudden, he was talking about data analysis. No, he's, he, that's, this, all, that. that's, all, that's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but number one is, A, I was a notoriously late arrival guy. I would prefer to work till 7, yeah. 8 o'clock at night, then roll in at 9. I'd like to sleep in. If I get there at 10 or 11, then you're only, only working for an hour, then you're grabbing lunch. So yeah. to me, it was a lot. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed that. But yeah. if I had to be there at 9, email is the most dominant aspect of any work day, right? When you first log yeah. on, you're checking email. Right, you're checking your email, responding to email, things that you didn't maybe get to the day before, and you're looking at your calendar. Typically, you have calls set up from the day before, the week before, so you kind of know what your calendar is going to be. You have a nine o'clock call that goes to ten, then you have a break from ten to ten. Now, nine, nine, who are you calling at nine o'clock? Again, in my, in my job, I wouldn't really be calling anybody. It would be is a conference. Most meetings at that point were set up, you know, via conference call. So if the New York office, if the people were doing a meeting in the New York office, you would just meet in person. But if you were talking to someone in Jersey or, you know, in another state, you know. So there's like six, eight, ten people on a conference call. Exactly. So you're basically dialing into a bridge and everyone's participating in whatever the topic is. And what are they talking about? What's the topic? Again, when I worked in New York, most of it revolved around the New York sales team. So a lot of it was in person. Now, let's say, I work from home more. Uh, there isn't that same corporate environment locally. So a lot of it is there's an opportunity, uh, an account that we're working to try to win. Um, it could be Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, Wawa is, is the big one at yeah. the time. And basically, you're working with that account team. They may be they're based in Pennsylvania. And they're on the phone with you. And you're pulling in different people to talk about whatever strategy of the day right. uh, in working that opportunity. Right. So it's, you know, putting together a proposal, uh, you know, talking about pricing parameters, things like that. Right. So then you hang up and you go yeah. say, to hang out at the water cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, and that's what I miss in working from home. When you had meetings in the New York office, whether it was in person or over the phone, once the meetings were over, there was a lot of bullshit time, right? Yeah. There was a lot of water cooler chat. Hey, I'm going to go grab a bagel. Do you want to do a Starbucks run? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh, how was your weekend? That right. kind of stuff. Right. It just happened organically. It just right. yeah. it just worked. Yeah. When you work from home, once the call's over, it's like, maybe I'll put on ESPN for a little while. <laughs> right. Watch a little TV. Yeah, yeah. Watch a movie or something. Yeah. Well, I did have one. So, yeah, we're talking about stories like, I mean, that, that's a big one, like the HR. That's certainly out of the uh, ordinary. My friend, um, not John Brancaccio, but a friend of mine, John, in... Uh, Massachusetts. He he worked 
or were, I don't know if this company's at now, but it was basically compliance. Like they have, they're the, the go-between between the SEC and Corporation X. Right. So Corporation X wants to merge with Corporation Y. They have to make sure they're in compliance. So he, um, you know, so everybody there is, you know, white collar, college educated, whatever. And he worked with this guy who, he was about six foot six, really tall, kind of reedy, thin guy, I guess, old in his late 50s. He would go into the one of the break rooms, which is right off the customer service, and it had like a sink and a fridge. <clears throat> and he would take off his shoes and socks, and he would prop his bare foot up on the edge of the sink and clip his toenails Ugh, into the sink. That's the worst. I that's mean, the worst. And, and, and he would like, you know, in full view of everyone. Wow. So finally someone complained, you know, the, to the manager and then HR slash manager, whatever, had to have a conference with Ted or whatever his name was, like Ted, you know, this is a problem. Yeah. So it kind of, like to me, that is a very aggressive thing. Like he's got to know Yeah. that's a problem. There's no way he thought... It's him treating the office like it's his home, I would think. Well, then it begged the question to, like, Tom Kloss just briefly wrote on Facebook. He's doing a podcast right now. I saw that. He walked in on someone clipping their fingernails in the sink. Right. Now, to me, like, I don't clip my nails at work. I don't find the need to do that. Like, how often do you clip your nails? Once every two weeks? I don't know. Certainly, you don't have to do it at work. Right. So... But someone clipping their fingernails in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna, pl- I'm gonna, I'm gonna open my bear my soul. I've clipped fingernails in the office in my cubicle. Like I just noticed they're longer. I have a fingernail clipper in right, my desk. Yeah, right. You know, into the wastebasket. Right. Typically not during the busy part of the day. Right. But like as they worked in it. And again, what does it take? Three minutes. Right. Click, you know, basically right. if you you want to get it done nice. Yeah. I've done that. Yeah. Toenails? Never. <laughs> never. So, I'm like, come on. Yeah, man. I've never <laughs> like, I've never done the toenail. Well, thing. plus like in the public space. Right. That's the aggressive part. Agreed. It's like, it, it's basically him marking his territory. Yeah. That's that's a whole nother level. Well, the other thing was he was really this is what John told me, and he he cornered John about this. He was really into eclipses, solar and lunar eclipses. He would save up his money to like travel to China or wow. Bangladesh or whatever because there'd be a big eclipse. He was not an amateur astrologer. He wasn't interested in the science. This was like end of the world type stuff. Like some sort of, I wouldn't say religious belief, but something along those lines. And he like cornered John about this. And of course when he's talking, he's making a lot of eye contact. Like he really <laughs> wants you. And John's like, you know, it was so weird because the guy was good at his job. It's a complicated job, you know. So he's not crazy in the traditional sense, right? But and I think everybody has those people in the office. I don't. And this is the toenail clip guy. But we had a guy in the office who referred to himself as a heb, an H E B, a highly evolved being. <laughs> Again, not making this up. And he used to like wear like a crystal necklace. Wait, he would tell you he was yeah. Like, he like, and he was a sales guy, uh, not a very good one. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of issues with him because he was just sort of out there. Well, I think anything else is secondary to his main thing. Right. Well, I mean, whatever that is. Right. I mean, yeah. if you're going to be a highly evolved being, everything yeah, else, every, right, everything, everything else, else taking a back seat. Yeah. Um, and and we had a lot of issues with him because he just 
he didn't do things the right way. He made a ton of mistakes. And no, 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 no. He was doing things the right way. You people <laughs> right. could right. get it. Exactly. Because you're not right. He was involved. on another level. There you, and, there and, you go. And, you know, I was like, and, and unfortunately, it became like, yeah, this is apparently we're not on the right level. Like, did, he, what, did he explain what he, why? <laughs> but he was the kind of guy that, you know, you, you try to have a little fun with it because it was just kind of humorous. Mean, yeah. But at the same time, you were almost a little... Nervous or scared? Oh no! If you said the wrong thing, right? He was he was one of out. those kind of guys. Yeah. So, like he was into it. It was a joke. He wasn't right. And if you if you made light of it, he, you know his his circuits <laughs> would kind of his his circuits would sort of get crossed. Obviously, because they're more highly evolved, sort of. Right. So you know when when and and again it became it's a sales office, right? So he's not making his quota. He's not making sales. You start having these career pathing discussions, which means. It's code for I'm going to manage you out of the business because you're not right. making your number. Right. And, and and that's when he would bring it up. He's like, you have to understand I'm a, I'm a head. You have to <laughs> understand. He would say this? Yeah. yeah. To a boss. To a boss. And and, and the thing, the, the, the beauty of it is what do you say? Right? So I don't the, know. the boss is a friend of mine and he'd be like, dude, uh, I forget his name, but whatever the guy's name is, he's like, that guy just told me he's a highly evolved being and you got to believe in the crystal. I don't know what to do with this he information. He said believe in the crystal? Yeah, I don't know what to do. He's not making his number and he's not getting that i got to kind of put him on a plan to manage him out of the business. He's he's just on another <laughs> on another plane. How, how did he come up with this? I, he, I think he really believed it. He's like, well, I mean, I assume like he went to college or yeah, whatever. Like, we didn't whatever. know him good enough to even inquire about it. Like, it was Where not, was he from? Was he from New York? Yeah, he was a New York guy. He was a black dude, New York guy, um, older guy. Uh, but again, one of those guys that when you talk to him and he would look at you and you would try to explain, you'd be like, you're, you're staring at dead space. And maybe that's the highly evolved part. You know, you wonder how he, and I, I don't know if... HR missed it, or if he was deceitful about it, but like you wonder what the interview was yeah. like. Yeah, I think at that like, point. Did he mention that in the yeah, interview? No, I'm, Probably I, not. I think they're just green lighting people. Like, you know what? We need, we need salespeople. Just come in. Because the logic is make your number or you don't, and we're going to get rid of you. Like, but, do you think that guy really put it on his resume? No. No. I, See, I, that's where I, like, if you're really serious about that, and you and you come up with Is there front a space that, for it, though? You think there's a space for. I don't know that there's a there's a, a part in the resume where you, you throw out highly evolved being. Well, it could be an interest now. At the uh, it could be. Or it could be your curriculum vitae. True, true. I'm saying if he's sincere, then you lead with that because you're like, this is who I am. And, and yeah. But he didn't obviously mention. I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming he didn't because I'm sure we would have <laughs> we would have tagged him somewhere along the line. So when he threw out that he's a highly evolved being, and need to believe. Is in he crystal, still there? No. No, that we got that guy. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But to him. he would. Did he ever go into more detail about how and why? Uh, again, I heard this secondhand from the sales manager who was trying to get rid of him. But you know the guy. But I know the guy. I mean, I work in the same office with him. Yeah. But I know that I struggled talking to him about you know pricing parameters and contract structures when we would talk about opportunities. That this guy was just out there, and you would just leave him like, "All right, we good." Okay, and what, then what would his like? What, what would his what would it be his part of the interaction? It's a, it's a lot of yes and I know and okay, and then when he would make a mistake, you kind of call him out and be like, you 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 proposed the wrong pricing, you did the math wrong. Let me show right. you what you did. You can't use that with this. You got to right. you know use this discount and yeah. you know the contract structure needs to be this way. And a lot of times he, there would be silence, and a lot of times he would just be like, 
I'm just, I'm just, we're just missing each other. We're just missing each other. <laughs> this guy sounds like a genius. But, but that's the whole point. Is like, you know, at that point, at that point, you're just like, maybe it's me. Like you'd walk away, going, like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just not right. Well, he is the highly evolved. Right, right. Yeah. So he never did. He ever tell you he was a highly evolved? Uh, no, no. But it, it became the running theme in the office. But he, he actually said this to him. That, that Dwayne, I'm ahead. Is is you know? He said, Brian, I'm not sure if you realize this or not, or not. But I'm ahead. And Brian asked, well, like, I'm I'm sorry, Dwayne. What what's a heb? It's like it's a highly evolved being. And and then. <laughs> And then, and, then, and then what? And then, right, and then it becomes like I think you make a conscious decision. Do I want to push this? Do I want to yeah. push this? Or do I just want to pull back and be like, all right, good luck with that. Time for lunch. See, my problem has always been, and we've, we've, Joe and I have known each other a lot of years. Like I've always been kind of a weirdo magnet because like I really want to know, right? Like where, like come on, I want to hear this. Yeah. Like let's let's. I was just in Zurich. Right, and this guy said we were waiting for a cruise boat to go on Lake Zurich, sitting on a bench. This guy comes over. I think he was Orthodox or whatever. Doesn't really matter. He starts ranting in Swiss German at me. I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, "Does this ever end?" Like I'm in Switzerland for crying. Like he he singles you out. Pretty much. I mean, he came over and sat down next to me, and my mother's on my other side, and she's like. Like I'm just a weirdo magnet. If there's a weirdo in the subway car, guess who he's gonna. So sit down what did and what did you do with that? I didn't do anything. I mean, by this point, I just kind see, of ignored. See, I, I think that's the difference yeah. between you and me, right? It's a fright or flight mentality. Right. Because <laughs> I, I'm a little bit different, right? So I, my my story, I, I don't attract weirdos, but I'll get into confrontations, and and typically I'm not big enough to to really take on the confrontation, but. Just because of your story reminded me of something. I was in a subway car once, coming back from maybe like a softball game or something, in the city by myself late at night. Uh, you know, had a couple of drinks in me, um, and I'm carrying like a like a like a, a book bag or something uh, on my shoulder. And these uh, two bigger uh, Spanish dudes are sitting there, and the subway car is not that packed, right? There's plenty of room, and I'm you know standing, um, and they're bumping into me on purpose, bumping into me, and and I know they're bumping into me on purpose. Because there's no need for them to do it, yeah. and I'm by myself, and I'm a little bit vulnerable. Yeah. And I, I, in my head, I'm realizing like these guys are looking to fuck with me, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm playing the situations out in my head. Like, I, I'm not gonna be able to take them on, and they don't seem to be kidding, right? Yeah. They're they're looking for a reaction, yeah. right? So as they're bumping me, I'm sitting there, keeping my head down, bumping me again, keeping my head down, bumping me again. I'm like, I gotta do something, walk away, and I'm, but I'm thinking if I walk away, they're gonna follow me. All these situations are playing out real time. So I make a conscious decision to do something that I've done once, I've never done, before, never done since, it worked perfectly. I pretended I was deaf. <laughs> nice. So as they're bumping into me, on the third or fourth time, I pick my head up and I make eye contact. As easily as predictable, they, what are you looking at, right? Right at me, right? Yeah. And I'm, and I hit them with the, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and immediately they, their, their anger reduced a little bit. And they like, you got a problem? And I'm like, I can't hear you, I'm sorry. <laughs> and immediately their guard comes down. Yeah. And, and, I, and I was like, I'm going to walk away. And that was my get out of, yeah. get out of the situation. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, yeah. pretend you're deaf. Or mildly retarded, <laughs> and typically they don't want to beat the shit out of you. I'm not proud of it, but it worked. Yeah. Well, yeah. To get back to the heb 
like I can understand you manager, I got a business to run, I can't get into this, but it really is my would be my overwhelming curiosity. Like, please tell me. <laughs> no good can come of it though. I, I think it, you, you, you get into too much detail and it makes it harder. At that point, you just want to get rid of them. Well, then all of a sudden you find yourself wearing the crystal. Right. And you're, right, right. This is making sense to you. And yeah. you're like, hmm, I would also like to be a highly involved it, being. It, 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 it was one of those <laughs> things that spread like wildfire through the office. That wow. Did you know Dwayne is a HEB and what does a HEB stand for? And it became like a thing. And I would then, automatically think sex change... Like transitioning, now, you know, something like I, that. It was more no, of, no, no, no. It I, was more of a spiritual, yeah. um, Scientology. I kind of get what he's getting at. Religious yeah. kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. And again, the crystal had the some crystal. sort of a meaning sure. that he wore around his neck. Well, special powers. Right, right. right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so you know, mere mortals. Would, how dare they question him? <laughs> These sales figures are perfectly legitimate and logical. And how would I know that? Because of, I, I envision a T-shirt, right? Capital right. H, capital E, capital, capital B. B, like almost like the frat letters. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I imagine like a seminar, a meeting, much like the Scientology right, ones right. or Mindhead or whatever, like <laughs> the Illuminati. The Illuminati. Exactly. Yeah. Just in some basement somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and these are the kind of characters that you run into. And again, you you, you don't see them coming, and it's only after I know a, a typical you know an engagement of some sort, and usually it's when there's a problem. Right, the true personality well, that's flaws come out. Always been our thing. It's like you can make it through the interview process. You can make, you know, your first few months or whatever. But you're with people for so long in such a closed environment. Eventually, it's going to come out. Yes. Or it's just those little things. I mean, clipping your toenails in the sink is a big thing. But like, there were also complaints in the same guy's office about someone who would suck his teeth after lunch. <laughs> And again, they called the manager. In, they're in Massachusetts. They call the manager in New York right. to then call this guy. Because no one, they're like 10 feet away from the guy. God forbid anyone approaches him no. like an adult. The manager has Carl, um, you know, people are saying. And no one wants to deal with it. I think, that, I, I, I think that's the, I, it becomes like, do we have nothing better to do today? Than to, like, a little bit is, especially from a management standpoint, it's like, I just want to get on with my day. Like, don't bother me yeah. with these problems because, A, I probably can't solve it. No. And it's just going to make my life harder. The same guy, same manager said, um, he's, you know, John was saying to him, I can't believe you have to deal with problems like that. He's like, I had to call a guy up because people are saying he smelled bad. Like, I had to go to a grown man and talk to him about his personal hygiene. Like, yeah. I went to business school for this. Right. I got an MBA for this. Yeah. To talk to a grown man and say, Stan, you smell bad. People are, you know, talking about... We, we had a woman in the office, an older woman, just almost a homeless. She shit herself. <laughs> She defecated. Shivered herself in the office and just was completely fine with it. Like, it, one of those ones where people were getting sick in the office. We, oh it, my it was a back office we used to call the, the shark tank. And and it became like, I think Pat shivered herself. <laughs> and her name was Pat, too. Which is like the best, like, disaster old woman name of oh all time. And, 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 and it became a little bit like... Maybe she does this all like, but people were like going around like, is that Pat? It's gotta be Pat, right? Like, oh, what is that smell? <laughs> and again, it becomes one of those like, do you? How do you like, say how, anything? Right? How do you approach her? It's one of those ones where you're like, 
hey. So what happened? Did anyone approach her? No. No. How would you I mean, who would? Right. It, it's almost embarrassing. I'm not You're, doing Like, it. basically what you do is you talk real loud about how much it stinks yeah. to make the person self-conscious who knew they did it to be like, that's probably me. But why would she just sit there and have shot I, She was just a problem. I mean, like, she was like a mutant of a woman. She just had issues. And, yeah. I mean, how old was she? She's probably in her... Yeah, see, I was in my 20s, so everybody seemed a lot older than they probably were. Probably in her late 40s, early 50s. <laughs> she wasn't, she wasn't like a 70-year-old woman. <laughs> no, she was just a disaster. Like, oh a, just a giant, unattractive, and she almost looked homeless. And it was, again, a problem where no manager wants to deal with her. No. And, and that's because it becomes like, no. just... Again, it's the office space. Just put it in the basement <laughs> and just give me back my red stapler and take care of the rat problem. Yeah. That's what happens because oh no one wants to deal with it until it gets to a point where you're like, we got to deal with it. Okay. Unfortunately, we're out of time, oh. but we are definitely going to revisit Pat. I'm going to write that name down <laughs> because I feel like we could probably spend another podcast talking about Pat. Yes, indeed. So uh, thanks a lot, Joe. And um, we will be signing off and we'll be coming back to you another time. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Bye bye.